so it's election night tonight in Mississauga. Yeah, a uh, MP gets elected tonight. Did you know about it? Are you going to vote if you're in that riding? Well, it's not that terribly exciting, and no one's going to say that the candidates are terribly exciting. But is it a bit of a litmus test for Pierre Polyev's popularity in the GTA? Pierre's got to win seats in Toronto. He's got to win seats in the 905, and he's got to win seats in Ontario, period. The Liberals make their money, in essence, by getting votes in Ontario. And the Conservatives have struggled, really, since the 2011 federal election to do well here. Harper, 15. Shear 19. O'Toole, 21. They can't penetrate what the Liberals have built up in Ontario. So will this be, tell us anything tonight about how the next federal election, whenever it is, is going to go? We discussed that with Jamie Ellerton, Conservative strategist, next on Toronto Today. Does this tell us much tonight if, uh, if the Conservatives steal the seat away? Uh, I don't think it's going to. By-elections are hard to kind of transpose and try and extrapolate as to what it means for the rest of the country. I think the reality is attention super low. I think voter turnout is going to be incredibly low tonight. Uh, And anything that happens in Mississauga Lakeshore, whether it's a liberal win or a conservative win, will be more dynamic. It's very hyper-local, specific on the ground, and uh, less of broader political trends. Also, there's not a lot of, um, and I guess it matters, especially given it's not it's not an election night where we're talking 300 plus races and it's tough to keep track of them all. There's not much um, name value recognition behind the conservative candidate here, whereas people who would be voting liberals tonight probably are pretty familiar with Charles Sousa's name, whether they attribute him to the win government or whether they say, oh, let's give him a fresh start. They know who he is. It's been harder for the the, the Tory candidate. Yeah, I think that tonight's definitely a, a bigger thing for the Liberals on twofold. One, uh, for any Liberals in the GTA who maybe are a little spooked that their next election is going to be a lot more competitive as a result of Pierre Polyev's resounding victory in the leadership. Uh, if Charles Souza is victorious tonight, it lets them kind of go steady as she goes, continue to pace the plans working. And for Justin Trudeau, who came to power in 2015, with a pretty robust, diverse group of candidates and experience, uh, candidate renewal has been a real challenge for him. For, mm-hmm. so for someone like Charles Souza, uh, who is Kathleen Wynne's former finance minister and a longtime experienced member of the Ontario legislature, to recruit someone like that to that caucus who has been bleeding senior talent in recent years, uh, that's probably going to be a big boost for our liberal fortunes and for experience at the capital level, because we know that the civil government has trouble getting anything done beyond posting whatever they want to on Instagram at any given day. I mentioned those numbers, uh, 78 seats. This is the 21 election, 78 liberal seats in Ontario, 37 uh, for the conservatives. Aaron O'Toole lost uh, the election by a total of 36 seats. So, you know, you need to spend 16 or 18 of those around. I, I don't know that there's other provinces, Jamie. I love running these kind of numbers, and I'm sure you do too. I don't know that there's many other provinces, Quebec included, where the conservatives can make a bit. Sure, they could pick up five or six in Quebec, but this is where they need to make their moves. This is where they need to level the playing field. Yeah, absolutely. If conservatives are going to form a government and Pierre Polyev is going to become a prime minister, the conservative party needs to be winning not just more seats in Ontario, but the majority of seats in Ontario to add to its base in Western Canada to uh, form a national government. I think when you look at the symptoms of where uh, the economy is at today, 
and inflation, the conservative message of helping people who are struggling with inflation and the cost of living and getting government spending back control is one that's going to have longer tenure and probably more impact in a general election. But two weeks before Christmas, Greg, I think mm. the blunt reality of this turnout is going to be terribly low tonight. People are not engaged and people just probably don't even know this is going on unless you're tuning in <laughs> uh, to your show here this morning on voting day. I'm happy to bring people the stories that few people care about. That's a great slogan for the, uh, for the show uh, from time to time I'd, I'd ask you in the summer um you worked on scott's campaign as i mentioned um there were moments there's always going to be there were moments of contentiousness um but that said have you seen the party really unite behind pierre jean charet has just faded away don't know where he is the patrick brown scenario in the summer was certainly controversial at the time but he's been quiet he's taking care of what he needs to take care of in brampton is this a unified party right now yeah, I think it is. I haven't seen the Conservative Party of Canada this united uh, since Stephen Harper was its leader in the early days of forming government. There's a lot of optimism for what Pierre is bringing to the table. Uh, Scott H. is sitting why we're worked for in the leadership campaign is in the shadow cabinet, working hard on the housing file across the country as the housing shadow minister. Uh, this caucus is united. They know that it's going to be a long slog. The Liberals are going to be tough to beat. Uh, and people are doing the work now. A lot of it goes on behind the scenes that does go unnoticed until Election Day to make sure we have the best shot of recruiting the best candidates, have the best organizational games to uh, win the next election. And I think people have a lot of optimism that the, 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 the movement you saw with Pierre and the leadership uh, and the record numbers of members joining of the federal political party translating that more into mainstream political discourse and getting people who maybe only do tune into the news for what they see on the headlines of their social feeds and then when they're commuting, uh, listening here to AM640 on their drive to work, those kind of people who maybe aren't involved in the day-to-day, how do we reach them? They're optimistic that what Pierre was able to do in leadership can translate like that into a national election when the entire country is paying attention and more engaged uh, when they go to the polls. Do you feel it's such a strategic question? And often, oftentimes, I'm going to test you out really early in the morning, because oftentimes, for me, um, the, the level of honesty uh, takes probably a beer and a half to get to people to uh, to be totally, totally truthful. Does there need to be, and does Pierre recognize this, um, a push more to the middle? There's a people I've said that, 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 that say to me, I'm going to vote for Pierre, and I've never voted conservative in my life. I hear that from people. Is that enough? to, you know, stamp out some of the people that spread the, you know, the social culture concerns or I, I realize he can't get every MP to do exactly what he wants all the time on social media as in don't retweet that. That's a conspiracy theory. How does he make this work and, and become a more because when the conservatives had success with Mulroney and Harper in my lifetime, they've been a much more centrist party than the last couple campaigns. Yeah, Greg, I think one thing to watch out for is to actually look to redefine the debates. If you look at the issues that seem to be a perennial issues, election after election, that tend to polarize the electorate and polarize society, conservatives feel like they lose when they have those debates. And so one of the things I think you're going to see Pierre Polyev do in the lead up to and during the next election, where, again, all mm-hmm. voters get to vote as opposed to just those in Mississauga Lakeshore, is to redefine the terms of the debate. So rather than have it just be on more polemic issues that tend to suck up the oxygen, really keep it focused on the issues that impact the greatest number of Canadians and have a debate on those issues and on those terms, which is why you continue to hear him talk about record high inflation and the cost of living crisis that exists in this country, the housing crisis where people can't even afford on a six-figure income in Toronto to buy their own home, let alone those earning the national average. And so those are the types of issues I think you're going to see Pierre 
portfolio I want to talk about. Social issues in those debates, uh, what we see south of the border doesn't translate here in Canada. Uh, those issues are settled. Uh, as a gay man, I can tell you uh, the marriage debate has long since been settled. No one really wants to talk about this. And the vast majority of Canadians' uh, views have evolved on this. And I think that's ultimately a, a good thing. So while the, the acrimony in some of these very passionate debates have existed in the past, there's no real appetite to see them continue. Uh, and I think that's something Pierre Polyev is very keenly attuned to. Jamie, thanks so much for the time today. Really appreciate having you on. Uh, and uh, let's do it uh, more often as, uh, as the new year comes. Appreciate it. Sounds great. Thanks, Rick. Awesome to have you. Jamie Ellerton's principal, Canaptus PR and conservative strategist.